The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 11th chapter. Jesus spoke to the crowd, saying, But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And if we pause there just for a moment, when Jesus talks about this generation, one scholar notes he's probably talking about the religious leaders who feel like God is working through John and Jesus. They feel like it can't be God because they're doing things that um, they don't think that God would do. And so Jesus compares them to children in the marketplaces who are upset because you don't do what, you, what they want you to do. And so that's what is happening in that parable there. And then if we pick up at verse 25, at that time Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, what brings us into our passage today, what comes right before it, is we find out that John, the Baptist, is in prison. And he sends his followers to Jesus saying, are you the one who is to come or are we supposed to wait for somebody else? Like, are you the one I've prepared the way for or is it someone else? And so Jesus responds. He says, go and tell John what you hear and see. And then he names all these groups of people. Now, as you hear these groups of people being named, are these the people who have power and influence or are they the ones who have found nowhere else to belong? And especially in that day and age. So he says, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers who could find belonging nowhere are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor, who often at that time were blamed for being poor, the poor have good news brought to them. Jesus goes on, but I think the thing to note is that the people that Jesus is meeting, the people he's going to, are the ones no one else will go near. They're the ones that even the religious leaders, the people who are caretakers of God's word, they're the ones that the, the religious leaders even exclude. It's the people that in Jesus' prayer we just read that he calls infants, the people that the rest of the world looks at as unimportant. It's those who get it, that God is being revealed in Jesus Christ. Now, as many of you know, we've been going through a book study uh, here at, at Calvary. Several people have been a part of it. It's called The Whole Language, The Power of Extravagant Tenderness, and it's written by Gregory Boyle, who's a Jesuit priest who's worked with gang members for decades. He also started a business called Homeboy Industries that is a way to provide jobs and a new way of life and hope for former gang members. There's one thing that struck several of us who've been a part of this book study. 
he identifies something called ACEs. Now, some of you will know what this is. I had not heard of it before. But here's how Gregory Boyle describes it. ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. So he says, the Adverse Childhood Experiences study is a questionnaire that identifies 10 childhood traumas that have happened to someone before their 18th birthday. He says five are personal, physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, physical neglect, and emotional neglect. He says the other five are related to family members, a parent who's an alcoholic or a drug addict, a mother who's a victim of domestic violence, a family member who's in jail, one who's diagnosed with mental illness, or the disappearance of a parent. Could be due to divorce, death, or abandonment. He says the experts say that if you are a four or five on the ACEs, so if you have four or five of those traumas, the chances are high that you will have health problems or socializing difficulties. And then he says about himself, I'm a zero. He says this has more to do with my own white privilege and the winning of the zip code education sibling and parent lotteries. Stresses were not widespread when he was growing up in his community like they are in the community where he spent over half his life now working with gang members. He goes on to say that every single gang member who enters our place is a 9 or 10 on the ACEs. They've experienced 9 or 10 of the traumas that I named before the age of 18. And then he says, this is the burden at which we all stand in awe. I learned from some of the former educators in our book study that this same scale is used in our schools to help teachers and staff know where children are coming from. And at least one or two of them said that it helped them realize that you can't expect the same thing from every child. You can't expect the same thing from a child who has had five of those traumas as someone who's had zero. And I would say the same is true of adults. For we have no idea the type of burdens that people carry. And this should lead us to compassion instead of judgment when we come across someone that we don't understand. We are not all starting from the same place. And the people to whom Jesus focused his ministry, the people to whom he went, for them, life was a huge burden. They were the ones that were carrying the most burdens who could find nowhere else to go. One scholar notes that when Jesus gives this invitation, come to me, all you who are weary, it was not given to the powerful. It was given to those who had heavy burdens in their life. In Jesus' day, it was those who experienced sickness and those who experienced poverty. For them, life was a huge burden. And then on top of that, the religious leaders put even more burdens on them, even more requirements that they had to try to live up to. And if they couldn't, they were excluded. So these faithful leaders worked for upholding all these religious traditions, but they did not work as much for justice and mercy. And at times, the same is true for the church of today, the church across the world. We can get so focused on stuff that maybe is not so crucial and miss working on justice and mercy. Today, as we sit here, many of us have our own burdens. There are those here who have experienced the traumas I've named, and then there are the burdens that we just go through that have to do with illness or grief or life stressors, and we can't just release those. You know, someone says, release your burdens. Well, some of those we just can't release. We keep walking with them each and every day. They're a part of our lives. 
And then there are the burdens that we create for ourselves and other people. Holding ourselves or others to standards that might be almost impossible to live up to. Striving to be a certain way or do a certain thing that really isn't connected to following Jesus. This past Wednesday in worship, I mentioned that some things in life we go after with an almost religious devotion. Whether it's trying to succeed to get good grades or a job promotion or the perfect house or athletic success or any number of things. And while all these could be good things, none of them is worthy of the devotion we often give it. And I'm especially concerned about the mental health for our young people and for adults. When we look at our culture and I think the pressures that we adults put on ourselves and also on young people, maybe unintentionally, young people today experience an incredible amount of pressure to succeed and to do everything they do to do it well, and some of them want to be involved in a lot of things, and some of them feel pressure to be involved in a lot of things. And I wonder how well we communicate what's important. How well do we communicate to help them know that they belong, they belong in Jesus, and to help them be grounded in Jesus Christ? I was listening to a podcast this past week, and they shared that when life gets crazy, when we all get overwhelmed, We often go outside of ourselves trying to find an answer, to try to find a fix. Like, let's listen to the next podcast. Um, How many of you go to search Google to try to find the answer to everything? Or we try to read the next self-help article. But they said sometimes what we need to do is first go inside to examine ourselves, to stop, to meditate, to be mindful. And there's all kinds of resources out there to help you do that. But I would add... We also need to take those moments to be aware of Jesus with us. Those moments of quiet to be aware that Jesus is with us. Otherwise, we just keep following our own way or trying to find the next quick fix. Jesus comes and offers a different way. He speaks this invitation, and I want us to just sit in it for a moment. I'm going to read it again. And I want you, you can close your eyes if you want or keep them open, but just really listen And hear what words stand out to you. What do you need to hear this week? And what do you need to take with you? Jesus says, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I don't know if following Jesus' way is necessarily easy. And someone pointed out that that's actually not the best translation. But a better translation of that word is that my yoke is kind. My yoke is good. This yoke is something that's put on animals to help them carry things together, and they can carry more together than they ever could on their own. Every one of us is going to be yoked to something. In other words, we are going to devote ourselves to something. We will have burdens that we or other people place on ourselves, and none of them ends up being easy or light. But Jesus' yoke is kind and good. In the waters of baptism, Jesus yokes us to himself. He chooses to be yoked with us, 
to help us carry those burdens and to guide us in his life-giving way. And then his yoke connects us to this whole community of people. And we don't always do it well, but we are meant to be there to walk with one another and to have people who carry our burdens with us when we're struggling so that we can do that for them in turn. I'd like to go back to that book I mentioned and just share one more thing. Homeboy Industries, this business that Father Boyle started, he says they start with belonging. That when people walk through their doors, the first thing they do is give them belonging. And then that changes everything else. So one of the people who had been in a gang, and remember, everyone who walks through their doors has either been through nine or ten of the traumas I named. One of these guys ended up being on the graffiti removal crew. That's his job. And here's what he told Father Boyle this means for him. He said, I love my crew. I love my job. I love my life. And then he shared, I feel privileged to have been sculpted by the culture here at Homeby. Then I bring this culture home. And Gregory Boyle says, and the cycles get broken. And that has stuck with me since I read it. Because isn't that Jesus' desire for us as a church? Isn't that who Jesus creates us to be? A community of people who have a culture of belonging. That no matter what, no matter how powerless we feel in the face of our own sin, no matter how weary we are with things that are going on in our lives or this world, no matter how caught up we get in ourselves, we belong to Jesus. And in that belonging, he meets us again and again with his forgiveness, his love, and his renewing grace. And that's the culture we would have here, a culture of belonging that meets each and every person with Jesus' forgiveness and love and renewing grace, a culture that we then bring home with us or to school or work or wherever we go. Jesus invites us, brings us in to walk his way. And it is not easy, but it is kind and good. Might we be grounded in Jesus' kind and good way this week? Might we practice being kind and good and gentle and humble in how we treat ourselves, in how we are to those closest to us, and to all those we will meet in the week ahead? Amen.